listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. Charlie. What's up, man? <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good days. Bro, you're not going to believe this. What's that? Okay, so I was over speaking at something, I can't remember. And this uh, woman came up to me, and we were chatting, and then she realized I was the Eddie mm. on Good Days with Eddie and Charlie. Okay? And she kind of freaked out. And then it made me freak out because she's acting like I was a celebrity or something. Okay? So then I was like, I was totally freaked out at that point. But the crazy thing about it, because obviously between the two of us, you have the the radio voice. Oh, whatever. Okay. And one of the things she told me, she says, man, you have such a great podcast voice. And I thought, you got to be talking about Charlie, not me. What? <laughs> what else? What else? Yeah, bro. It's all how you, good. How you doing, Charlie? Bro, we had a good Easter. We had a great Easter. You know, we, in, in, in this, uh, amazing studio that we have here we have a very special guest we have an incredible guest today i'm Dr. pretty excited dj coleman let's go whoa, whoa. <laughs> bro dj is is uh this is his first year here at the school of theology and ministry yeah so it's good having you bro yeah glad to be here i'm excited do you have a good easter i did i had a full easter my wife is amazing yeah. okay good <laughs> and a easter egg hunt we went ah. over to the the in-laws, kids, grandparents, yeah. and, uh, a, lot, a lot of fun. A lot of bro, fun. I remember all these Easter egg hunts oh, when man. our kids were young. Man, Peter Cottontail's a good bro. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought Peter Cottontail, what's the, he's a good guy. I mean, he's a bro. He's a, here, here we go. Pretty Noah. cool. Here we go. <laughs> what are you talking? Why has he got to diss me, bro? Uh, I mean, Peter Cottontail, like, here comes Peter Cottontail. Hopping down the bunny trail, trail, giving candy to DJ and Eddie too. <laughs> I mean, the bro takes care of biz. He shows up, super I'm, cool, bro. I mean, he's a cool I'm, guy. I'm glad he shows up for all of our kiddos, man. Oh, man. So they get some get some candy on him. Yeah. Did you guys give like uh? Did you put candy in the in the in, the, wife, in the eggs? And stuff? My wife did everything, and she's amazing. Did I they did ever put not... money? Like I'm, I, yeah, some money eggs. We did not have a money egg this year. I want to say there was one last year. Yeah, yeah. bro, wait till they get to, to be a, my kid's age. It's, it's a lot of money egg, <laughs> but it's year round. <laughs> it's year round money. I'm just eggs. saying, you know, if there's not, not a just fifty Easter. in that money egg, it's like whatever. <laughs> when like, do you I age don't want this. out of Easter eggs? Didn't we didn't. We didn't grow up doing Easter. Eggs. Okay, like, I, so that's it's new to me. Yeah, we did the whole thing, man. Bro, if you have any relationship with Peter Cottontail. Then you don't. Okay. Yes. How is it possible that, that God could say, hey, you know what? I'm going to bless everybody with a rabbit that can lay a chocolate egg and mm-hmm. just say, I'm going to take the edge. So how can you age out of that? Okay. So is is Jesus and Peter Cottontail tight? Well, God made Peter Cottontail. <laughs> so that'd be a yes. Well, why couldn't he? Because all creation <laughs> sings the praises of God. Bro, 100%. 
Dude, and then he then at our age, you know what he does? What's that? That bro comes out, and not only is it an egg, it's a Cadbury egg. <laughs> it's a Cadbury egg. Dude. First Those are some good days right there. No, at first it was Santa the Snow Bro. <laughs> you get a little older. And then now it's Peter, Peter the Cottontail Bro. No, it's not Peter the Cottontail. It's Peter Cottontail. <laughs> Sorry. Peter the Cottontail. Peter <laughs> Cottontail Bro. Oh, man. What? <clears throat> See what I got to put up with, bro. DJ, I mean, it's like we're getting here to talk about discipleship, get serious, and doc. I got to derail us. But. Didn't yeah. you brought up Peter Cottontail? Thank you, DJ. I just said it. He's a Thank good bro. You. That's all I'm saying. I re- got a lot of respect. Okay, I feel you. I'm all yeah. about the Peter Cottontail. I, I, I say at least 12 years old. He, that they need to continue to do like the hide the Easter eggs so and go on the hunt. School. Yeah, man. Oh no. Yeah. No, we're done. It's candy. We're done. It's candy. Fifth grade. They're done with. I'm candy. telling you right now that wait till you put money in it. Do they want it? They. <laughs> They want to keep, want to keep looking for this. Well, you got to realize your oldest might be twelve, but you sure. still got the younger one. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's and right. so, and so you go, hey, you coach the older ones, nope. help the younger ones, that sort of thing. Don't hoard <laughs> nope. the eggs. That's okay? all on my wife. Don't take all That's the chocolate. All, she, she does a good job. With you know, learn you how to be selfless. Lies. <laughs> Dude, hilarious. wait till your wife is hanging out and and your kids are older, and it's like we got to get him something. Yeah. Our kids are all. You know, older and they're still getting like it's a deal. It's maybe a it's not an Easter basket. Maybe it's it's like a plant. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like a little succulent with a Easter egg with cash, <laughs> with cash, with cash on it, and a Cadbury egg. I have a lot of fun with like Christmas gifts and like yeah. the surprise and everything. Mm-hmm. But Easter, I've never just in my mind, I never think of. So that's your wife's tradition. Yeah, that, that's yeah. totally her. Like Christmas, we didn't even do that big, but. I have fun watching my kids open up gifts and everything. That, that's cool. a blast. It was. I will say it was cool when they had their um, Easter baskets and they had mm-hmm. like Crocs in there, coloring books, mm-hmm. and like, you know, candies. But did I, you like I, color eggs and stuff like that? We didn't dip them into the. Yeah, no, we didn't do anything like that. Oh my Easter goodness, and, uh, we've done it all. No, it's fun though. Have to embrace for them, kids man. for for kids. For kids. Yeah. But I think you're right. It's the I think the cool thing as parents is to watch your Absolutely. kids mm-hmm. and to see the wonder in their eyes. Absolutely. Whether it's Christmas, Easter, whatever. For sure. It's that's the cool part. And then you get to teach into it, teach in lessons about Jesus. And I was reminiscing with Nick and like we used to, when they were in like middle school, even high school, like we'd hide an Easter, you know, basket with like a, a new game for Nintendo or something in it. Oh, that's that's nice. Why not, man? Yeah. Bro, celebrate Six, a little 60 bit. Sixty bucks. It's your kids, man. Six <laughs> like, for a Nintendo game? Yeah, man. Well, see, I don't have seven children like this guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, my yeah, quiver yeah. was filled at three. <laughs> How many game systems do you have in your house? <clears throat> DJ, man, we're going to talk about <laughs> discipleship. Let's get there, right? Yeah. Nah. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm excited about discipleship. Yeah. And DJ, talk to us a little bit about your... And I know you have a passion for discipleship. But I think mm-hmm. some people, um, when they enter ministry... They get an idea about themselves, mm. about, hey, I'm either kind of an evangelist person right. or I'm a discipleship person, right. and probably not realizing that um, whether you have a gift of evangelism or not, or whether mm. you have a gift of discipleship or not, it's really actually two functions of the church mm-hmm. that go hand in hand. Absolutely. But tell us a little bit about your passion for discipleship, how that was birthed, and right. how do you view discipleship? 
Yeah, I mean, discipleship has always been something that I've been passionate about. I think it started off, obviously, right when I started following Jesus. I'm mm -hmm. a very passionate individual. I always say that I'm either zero or 100. Either mm -hmm. I'm about it or I'm not about it mm -hmm. at all, and that's yeah. and that's me. Um, so when I was passionate about football, that's all my life oriented around. When I started following Jesus, um, I started reading the Bible. I started learning more about God. I started spending time in prayer and I began to fall in love with people mm -hmm. and their stories, and I wanted them to know Jesus. I wanted them to know this passage that I was reading or something about God that I was learning about, whether I heard it in a sermon or um, whatever it may be in a conversation, and just uh, talking to people about Jesus. And then I realized not everybody shares that same passion that I have. Mm -hmm. And um, following Jesus, one of the things that I learned looked different from from person to person. Not everyone pursued Christ the way that I pursued mm -hmm. Christ. And whatever um, they were doing in life, whether they were working a job or they had a family, whatever it was, the way that they were able to follow Jesus uh, looked different from person to person. And when I think of discipleship, mm -hmm. I, I think about following Jesus. And um, so, yeah, I just, I've, I've always been passionate about this idea of what does it look like to follow Jesus well mm -hmm. in your context, in your situation? What does it look like to follow Jesus? So, yeah. So I got a little question on that one. Sure. So uh, uh, the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. you instantly became a disciple. Absolutely, yeah. So that, mm -hmm. you're in that process, but there's a lot of growing that needs to take place. And so uh, mm -hmm. if I were to say discipleship is a, is spiritual formation. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and then then if you respond to this, how does that look differently to somebody who is eight years old, right. maybe who's 12 years old, somebody who's 18 years old, or somebody who's 38? Yeah, that's good. With the level of maturity they bring into the, into right. the, the process. Yeah. You know, the first thing that I think about is my days as, as a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a time, what we used to do um, we were semester-based, so it might be 12 weeks of this program, mm -hmm. and the it culminated in a baptism night where mm. it was a beautiful service. That's cool. It, it was powerful. Um, but the night before baptism night was a candlelight service, and if you had started following Jesus at any point during this series or the semester, uh, you would light a candle and um, just to show or you know your group, the church. Hey, I, I'm start. I started following Jesus at some point during the semester, and then the next week you would get baptized. But that candlelight service, I remember one week, uh, you know, we put this together. We tried, it, you know, it's a middle school service. We try to make it serious mm -hmm. and and uh, very worshipful. And there are these middle school boys that exactly <laughs> that are just goofing off yeah. and just. And horseplay and all this stuff, but they're lighting the candle and they started yes. following Jesus for the first time. And I remember mm. prayerfully hearing God just kind of speak to me and say, DJ, these middle school boys are following me, are are responding to me the way that middle school boys mm -hmm. respond to mm -hmm. me. And I love it. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes we have, and we should be challenging people but we need to think about this question. What does it look like for an eight-year-old to follow yes. Jesus? What does it look like for an 18, 28, 38? What does it look like? And so age-appropriate discipleship, how do people respond to the revelation that they receive about mm -hmm. God? How do we help them to 
ask questions, wrestle with different, wrestle with different ideas. Um, and so, yeah, I think it does look different and I do think it, it has everything to do with spiritual formation. Yeah, it's interesting. We've, we mentioned on another podcast, especially discipling or, you know, middle mm-hmm. school students mm-hmm. in particular, you know, with their attention span, not being all that great. And right. we've talked about like, man, the first 30 minutes, we might be playing floor hockey or dodgeball mm-hmm. or some stupid games that you just come up with on the spur of the moment, right? you know, wrestling, whatever. It might be doing all kinds of these different stupid games. And then you, then you enter into your like discipleship time, if you mm-hmm. will, and your lesson that you're studying. And, um, and then you're thinking, dude, are they listening? <laughs> are they, are they, are, are they getting anything out of this? And you, and you meet week after week after week after week. And sometimes a youth pastor, you're continually to ask yourself that question. And then all of a sudden they light that candle. Right. All of a sudden, you know, six weeks later, they're saying, Hey, can I get baptized? Right. You know, and then three years later, mm. they're in high school and they're leading a middle school small right. group. Like that transformation process is incredible. Right. But at the moment, in the moment, as youth pastors are wondering, are they getting anything out of this? And yet right. they are. Yeah. And I think some of it too is because what I'd like to talk about a little bit, if you don't mind leaning into this, is the difference between like life on life discipleship. And like a curricular discipleship sure. where you're going through like a scope and sequence of lessons and right. and that sort of thing because um their discipleship's happening even in that floor hockey. Absolutely. As well as the discipleship Absolutely. lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And that is exactly what I was gonna say. You'd mentioned discipleship time. Mm-hmm. And we I think kind of going away from thinking about small group time or the large group teaching as the discipleship time and thinking about the way we interact with students mm-hmm. as discipleship, the way that we play games, the way that we engage in conversation, everything is a discipleship moment because discipleship is all about teaching, right? If you mm-hmm. think about a math taste, right? You're teaching or learning, learning. What does it mean to be a learner? And, um, you know, if, if I were to ask you, you know, who, who has been your, your favorite teacher or the most um, or the best teacher you've had or most influential teacher, um, you might not think of a classroom teacher or mm. professor. You, you might think of um, your small group leader or a coach or mm. someone who m- might not have the title teacher, but you learn so much from them. Um, and for me, uh, I had a, a friend of mine, mentor, uh, his name is Danny Orozco. And he was someone that disciples me to this day. Um, he lives in Georgia, obviously, so it looks a little different. But right when I started following Jesus, I would meet with him. And we would read the Bible, and he would help me to understand what I was reading. I didn't know what a Pharisee yeah. was. I didn't know why some words were in red. What's the New Testament? What's the Old Testament? Everything's Different. new. Everything was new. And uh, I learned a lot of the Bible from him, but I learned a lot about the way um, he treated his wife. Yes. The way that he treated his kids. Mm-hmm. The way that he was frugal in, in how he spent money. The way he managed his time the way that he talked to people and about people. Mm. Um, all of those things were formative for me, mm-hmm. not just the time we spent in the Bible. Yeah, And so, yeah, I think absolutely thinking about life-on-life discipleship alongside, uh, you know, curriculum, alongside of an intentional uh, guide to help us to mm-hmm. learn the Bible. I think I think sometimes we, we want to go either or, black or white thinking, dualist, non-dualism, like, is it this way or is it that way? 
I think, man, both of those ways are, yeah. are very important. And so where in my life am I intentional about discipleship in regards to spiritual formation? And then where am I intentional about discipleship in regards to um, my whole being being mm-hmm. made into the image of Jesus? Jesus was more than a spiritual being. Yeah. Right? He uh, he interacted with people. He talked about finance. He talked mm-hmm. about uh, these different things. So all of those uh, matter when we think about discipleship. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, one of the things I've, I've as you're talking, reminded me too, the role of parents. Okay, we, we're all parents. Sure. Yeah. And the role of parents in the life of our own kids. Sure. And that um, hopefully inside the church anyway, mm-hmm. parents are the number one disciple maker of their own kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want to like, okay, let's pawn this off to the spiritual professionals of the church, right. and yet part of our job as pastors is to train families to disciple their kids. For sure. And 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 this whole idea of I think there's, you know, we need our kids need quality time, mm-hmm. and they need like lots of time too. <laughs> right. They need quality and quantity. Right. Because it's in the quantity time where they'll ask questions mm. and you'll have conversations, whatever is kind of piquing their interest. Right. And that's, man, incredible discipleship that happens. Right. And then you have your family devotions. Right. You know, you right. have your family devo time, right. which is way more structured, but it's in the day-to-day life mm. when you're hanging out as a family or hanging out with your kids as a dad, that discipleship is happening. Right. Just as a youth pastor, man, you need to hang out with Kids right. and discipleship is happening through that process, just how you interact with one right. another and how you talk about, like you said, about people. Right. All of you that. know, about life. Right. How Jesus interacts and inter you know, no, intertwines in our life. That's good. It, it makes me think of my daughter. I, one of the intentional times that I have with my daughter um, is taking her to school. I take her to school yes. every morning and um I'm very intentional about praying with her. And um, I just kind of spontaneously start praying and praying for her, praying for the day. God, go before us, open our eyes, help us to bless people, help others to bless us. Um, Let us know when there's a time for us to speak and when Mm -hmm. we should listen, all of these different things and and throwing scripture into that. And um, one of the things that me and my wife noticed was we really need to spend time on the intentional uh, maybe programmatic discipleship. Mm. What, what does it look like for us to have the curriculum? And so we do devotionals. But my daughter, she had mentioned like, hey, church is a Sunday thing. And that mm. was something that she said. Now, we're talking about God all mm-hmm. day. Um, but it was every day, every day, ev- all day, every day. It's always before her. We're, we're talking about scripture. We're reading the Bible. But um, we weren't very intentional about talking about, you know, this is what we're doing. It's more just letting her watch it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think, um, you know, especially with younger children that Mm -hmm. are maybe concrete thinkers or they they don't think with nuance all the time, um, uh, to be able to help them say, hey, this is this time. This is what we're doing today. This is why we're doing this devotional. This is why Mm -hmm. I'm praying and asking God to speak to us today. And so letting them know what you're doing, and that's yeah. something that we've learned is like letting them know what we're doing and that's why good. we're doing it. And so it's a, it's a, it's a shift right. in how you're addressing the conversations, mm-hmm. how you're addressing and approaching family devotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Like you know, that. this podcast is for youth pastors, youth leaders, volu- yeah. youth volunteers, right. 
to target, even though other people listen in. Sure. So here's a theological question for yeah. you. Um, you know, Jesus discipled, but he spent pretty much every day for three years mm. with the same people. Mm-hmm. Right. So how does somebody mm. who gets to see the, the students, because they, they come with their parents. Right. If you're in middle school, you don't drive. Right. So how does somebody in ministry think, how do I compete or compare to the amount of time right. that Jesus had with his disciples? And given the fact that, you know, he wasn't 100% either because <laughs> Judas turned his back on him. I mean, right, right. we know all that stuff. So <clears throat> how does somebody every day think, I got to maximize the time I have. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to have the, the group time where I'm, I'm teaching, preaching. Right. And so you mentioned this, where are those like, really cool times right that's good to do that life on life man i you know and that's the thing we can't compete with you know with time we we are limited mm-hmm. and so i think being intentional and being wise with our time i think it's immensely important to show up when you can to the games to the mm. events if it's orchestra or that's good the recital um you know Maybe it's even stopping by at the birthday party, not staying the whole time. You want to make sure, you know, I'm not your friend. I'm a, I'm a mentor. I'm your pastor. Yeah. There's a difference. I think, you know, maybe in the 90s and the early 2000s, youth pastors were viewed as friends. I, I think the healthy um, kind of way of thinking that is being a mentor and, and, a, and a pastor. Um, so you are there, though. You're very present, but present with purpose. And so um, praying with with you know, students, uh, you know, before their football game or um, being there to celebrate them and then sharing those stories mm-hmm. uh, with the the congregation, with your youth group and, and saying, hey, I was here and um, and asking them where they're seeing God at work. Mm-hmm. Did you notice this or tell me about this, whatever that is that you saw, having that conversation about the spaces that they're in. Um, but yeah, if you're not present with those students in those spaces, mm-hmm. how can you expect them to be present with you, you know, in, in your space if, if we're talking about the youth group? Yeah. So I, I think presence is very important. Um, and then having uh, those conversations and, and knowing their worlds, plural, um, if, you know, football, school, are you having conversations with teachers and counselors and the admin in, in their schools? Um, and then in the community, what, what does it look mm-hmm. like for you to be uh, involved in community development and with uh, maybe it's the mayor or the chief of police? If they see you in those spaces, I think even um, you're discipling them in how to live, how, yeah. how you're uh, yeah. engaging in society. I think they get to, to they benefit from your own engagement. I think it's really important that they see you outside of the church context Absolutely. as well. Like Absolutely. get on their turf. Right. So like you said, going to the games, going mm-hmm. to the events and stuff like that. It's so meaningful. And I discovered, this is really interesting when kind of blew me away when, um, when I met with some kids like one-on-one or in a small group context, somehow as the opportunities would present itself, I'd ask some kind of questions like you were talking about. So, like, Hey man, how, how are you and Jesus doing? Right. You know, or what do you see God at work or right. how are you doing spiritually? And I remember doing it, um, I didn't do it at this one occasion. I can't remember if it was one-on-one or a small group. And we we finished our time together, and I took them all home. And they're, like, disappointed. Mm. They're disappointed that I didn't ask them those right. questions. And so I was like, whoa, I, you know, yeah, I want to hang out and fellowship and show that we can have a good time. And maybe not always, the conversation doesn't always have to be about Jesus 
100 percent of the time. Right. It can be about whatever they're interested in, hmm. and that's discipleship. But then I also realized that there are I can't miss out on the opportunities right. to turn the topic towards how they're doing with God. Yeah, and the fact that they're craving that. Yes, that, that speaks to how you've already discipled yes. them to be thinking yeah. in that way. So that's that's huge. Yeah. yeah. You think like uh, um, times like sitting on the bus for three hours, <laughs> for example, man. like I, we, we'd say to our, our on road trips. Yeah. Don't drive the bus, yeah. right. sit on the bus right, and yes. hang out. And, and, and some people say, well, that's working the crowd. No, that's making connections. Yes. Oh no, yes. that, that is my number one sales pitch for yeah. camps yeah. is that, um, and, um, we call this, it's funny and it, it's an actual word. We call it groupness. Groupness. And, groupness. And um, I, there was a lecture, yeah. I forget the, Roger Nishioka. Uh, he's a professor at Columbia Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. He has this incredible lecture on groupness. And I forget the amount of time. It's probably even more so now. But let's say uh, 26, uh, he talks about continuous hours that uh, a, a youth group needs to have to, to form groupness. Mm. And so when you go to camp, you're working on that mm. groupness and forming that groupness. And it becomes so important that everyone is there. You get the stories, the, the things mm -hmm, that you plan, mm -hmm. but the things that you don't plan, right? Yes. That person you can't that, recreate that. That person that doesn't play basketball, that picks the basketball up and just throws it half court randomly, mm -hmm. and it just goes in, and everyone freaks out, right? Yes. Like, you didn't plan that, but that becomes the highlight of the camp, and that becomes a bigger story mm -hmm. than just, you know, someone randomly throwing a ball. It's our youth group, Right threw that ball. We celebrated that. We had that yeah. moment together. Um, and we, we had the hot dogs with, you know, the cold hot dogs that no one liked and the, and we forgot the ketchup and, but we all ate it. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and that's what it we became had. a story. It became a story and it's more than just a mistake. Right. Um, that, that is discipleship, how you mm -hmm. react, yes. man. And sometimes I'm the <laughs> when you're just frustrated and you want this, things to go they, so oh well my gosh and, and they we don't and and it does it, it doesn't go well and it does go well because it's yes. part of the story yeah. and, and and remembering that but yeah that those times on that bus right singing those songs mm -hmm. and you know i was going to say something probably inappropriate i guess i got to say it now but when that person passes gas right <laughs> yes. and it smells terrible mm -hmm. that those stories though right i mean it's, it's part of the things you just don't forget and, um, man, I don't know if you get that, you know, other places yes. in, in that way. Um, without just know, being together. Without just being the together. The road trips. Yeah. So yeah. it's so crucial to that groupness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even great. when you're setting up and tearing down, mm -hmm. doing the mundane. And getting man, students moments. involved with yeah. that. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I used to do, um, I, I would get a first time students, students that are entering into the building for the very first time, like, hey, could you help me set up chairs? <laughs> Giving them something to do. Yeah. Sometimes we want to to serve them and to, and that's great. You do. But now they have a reason to show up. If I don't yeah. show up, who's going to set the chairs up? Yeah. If I don't show up, who's going to bring the whiteboard up? If I don't show up, who's going to do the sound, um, do the sound or um, who's going to lead worship? Who's going to open up the night in prayer? Mm -hmm you know, giving them some responsibilities, spaces, spaces yeah. to lead and ownership even yes. of the student ministry. Yeah. That's, that's big. That's, that's great. I Bro, that. thanks for being with yeah, us. Yeah, it's been fun. This is hey, good. Hey, we got to come back. This is just round one with Dr. <laughs> DJ Coleman. Yeah. Since yeah. our offices we, are right 
close to each other. Yeah, because discipleship is yeah. a it's a it's a complex. Hmm. A multifaceted topic. Mm-hmm. So we could do a discipleship one and two. Well, the DJ went to Asbury. And <laughs> yeah. so uh, uh, somebody with a very similar similar name, okay. Dr. Yeah. Coleman, Robert Coleman, yeah. said evangelism begets discipleship. Discipleship begets evangelism. Mm-hmm. They're Amen. inseparable. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So true. Good day. Wise man. words. Yeah. That's our... Thanks, DJ. Appreciate you having coming today. It's been awesome. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta join us. Okay. Let's do it. Ready? Boom. Boom. And boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org. Or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience, and we'll see you next week.